Welcome to Positive Talk with Kevin McDonald. Hey, that's me. Hi, and welcome to Positive Talk. Our show features the best positive stories and people from around the globe as we endeavor to answer the universal question of why am I here and what is my purpose? Understanding that can change everything and knowing your greatness is fundamental to living your best life. So join us right now as together we work to create the adventure of our lifetime. You know, it seems like, oh, I don't know, hours since the last time I talked to this fine gentleman. And that was just a couple of days ago. And uh, Nico is with it. By the way, I was thinking about this, Nico. And I think that rather than use your full name, that we should like treat you like Madonna, Madonna, yeah, Madonna. Just, or, just like Cher. Or Cher, Cher. And, and, and you could I'm be o- Nico. I'm okay with this. I'll, I'll own the name Nico for the rest. Like I'm copywriting it tonight it's mine nobody else can use it it's mine well i don't know i haven't run across very many nikos where did where'd the name come from it's uh it's a nickname my real name's nicholas and (sighs) it's a guy i know a french guy would actually call me that to kind of piss me off and i just i just embraced it because my name is so french that i chose a couple of years ago to shorten it it's like the first letters of my first name and the five lagging is the five first letters of my last name. Oh, very nice. I, very... I think I think so. <laughs> well, I, you put some thought into it anyway. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, at least I needed something that was possible to say in English. And and by the way, what's your shirt say? I got ninety nine problems. I got ninety nine problems, but being a man ain't one. <laughs> it's one oh. of mine. It's one of mine. I create T-shirts. I have about, I have, I think, 10 different ones. That starts with, I got 99 problems. But, yeah, like this one here. People love that one there. Like the, whoop, how do I go there? There. (laughs) (laughs) The discipline trumps motivation. I have a lot that are uh, less polite that I don't wear often on, on podcasts. So, well, I imagine that that is a conversation starter wherever you go. Uh, yeah, especially the one there, like uh, uh, "Men Lives Matter." I I was in Colorado with my girlfriend. We were going to the nicest steak dinner place in the city where we're in, and we're talking. I ate a seventy-five dollar steak type of deal, Ooh. and the the guy comes with the bill. He I asked for the bill, sorry, and he's like, no, don't worry, um, taking care of. I'm like, what do you mean taking care of? I was wearing that shirt, like one of those versions, and he's like, there's one of our our um, one of our best customers that's always here, he saw your shirt, and he paid for your food just because you were you were wearing it. So I either I mean, piss people off with those shirts or they really like it. It's one of those I need things. to order one of those T-shirts. I, I, I could use a free $75 steak. <laughs> can't we all can't we all now was that was that a huge steak or was it to the quality of the meat uh a bit of both but frankly was it worth 75 bucks no no the only reason you pay 75 bucks is like for kobe beef like the japanese made one yes that you can literally cut with a spoon you can look at it and it, it kind of almost undoes itself but outside of that no that's that's just stupid you know 70, I have a, go ahead no, no i was just going to say 75 bucks for a piece 
of meat that's it was good it was not anything extraordinary like i wasn't my my world wasn't rocked well you know my my son he served uh in the uh, air force in japan and i had never heard of this cut of meat before yep because yep. it's really not available here it, they, they make it in canada though they have some places that they make it but it's very interesting because the um, the cows listen to classical music they are they are fed food that's mixed with beer they get daily massages like it's it's insane it's absolutely insane but i remember the first time i had it like almost 20 years ago you had a piece i would say like a six ounce it was about a hundred bucks canadian 120 bucks canadian so probably about 80 bucks american now and that didn't even include the sides or the baked potato oh right? it's like it's hey, a six ounce is not big either right that 12 no. 12 ounce steak is like i stacked two of them like i almost sandwiched them together so a six ounce for more than 100 bucks it's insane but you can literally cut it with a spoon it's That's so because it's the way that the veins of fat are going through the meat they melt when you put them in the pan or you you bake it it actually all the veins are everywhere and they just melt so the fat melts oh, it's it's insane it's just insane it may it must be really really good for 100 bucks it better be <laughs> it definitely but the japanese have a tendency like i'm a big fan of the japanese culture and i'm a big fan of uh weapons as a whole i love knives and they make like i want a katana knife right i'm a big fan of samurais and they tend to focus themselves on their task and become master at them like they make the best sword on the planet like like the the katanas which are the the samurai swords are the best swords ever made so i'm not surprised that they're that good with their meat either just because of the time they spend dedicating themselves to to really bettering that their, their art it's it's they're an interesting culture you know i i did not know this but uh, i was i was watching what's that what's that show about uh the pawn shop in uh, vegas yeah pawn the... star i like pawn stars yes and uh they were they had some samurai swords and they brought an expert in and the samurai swords were some of them if you know how to remove the handle yeah, the handle yep they're actually signed by the artist who created them and some of them are like from the 1500s and 1600s that, that's what most people don't don't realize i think it was up to the first world war uh soldiers in the army was still carrying like the officers still had samurai swords although everybody was using guns they still had them they do an amazing amazing job and those swords are i don't know if you ever seen the tests that they do with the the sword themselves what they do they simulate cutting through people and some of the best swords on the planet can go through two or three people with one swing it's so sharp that it will literally cut through human beings and multiple ones it's it's absolutely insane like um one of my favorite blade it's right here and that's that's the small version of their daggers and it's a japanese blade this this thing's amazing like absolutely i've had it for almost 10 years it's amazing amazing but they will chop your if you slick your fingers gone <laughs> <laughs> my children tell me i'm not allowed to have a sharp knife around me because i if i do i end up cutting myself 
So, yeah, well, yeah, you don't want to cut yourself with that, though. No, and uh, it's an art form that they have really created. You know, and the first time we talked, and we talked about boys to men and men to good men, and and we're going to touch on those today. But I also wanted to touch on the fact that, that uh, and we both agree that, that martial arts, if you're listening to this, um, put your kids in martial arts, boys or girls. Um, 100%. They'll learn. They'll learn some fabulous, some interesting things. Girls on how to protect themselves. Guys on how to be um, uh, men or or respectful. And because that's that's part of the culture. It, it, go into that a little bit, because I think that in Western civilization we've kind of lost that. Yep. Um, so to touch on that if you wouldn't mind. But you know, it's interesting what you're saying because the my my favorite martial art, at least the one that I'm more profession in, is uh, Muay Thai, which is the it's a style that comes from a Mwemboran, which is Thailand. And now it's been Muay Thai has been developed as a sports like boxing, for example. Except we have elbows, punches, kicks, and knees. But what's interesting is that if if you go to Thailand. Buddhism is extremely big over there. Like Buddhism is the main religion. And right. so so Muay Thai and Buddhism are kind of separated because everybody's a Buddhist over there. Like the 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 aspect, the spiritual aspect of martial art is ingrained into the culture. But what's interesting is that you have people they took Muay Thai out of Thailand, they take karate out of Japan, they take martial arts out of the West or out of the East and they bring it to the West, but they don't bring the spiritual aspect of it, which is, I find it extremely unfortunate because we lose a big part of the culture that's attached to the sport, to the, to the, to, I, I shouldn't call it a sport to the self-defense style or to the, to the combat style. And we just learn the techniques without understanding the, spiritual aspect of it you know there's a there's a chinese proverb that says that i'd rather be a warrior in a garden than a gardener in a war zone and mm. this unfortunately is never really explained much today where you should as a man you should have the skills to protect yourself to protect your family to protect your loved ones but you should also possess the temperance to not attack everybody out there to know restraint, to be able to de-escalate a situation, to be able to walk away from a situation. Like Dr. Peterson, Dr. Jordan Peterson says that you being righteous and being harmless does not make you a good man. Being a monster that is a controlled monster makes you a good man. A guy that knows that he could kill you but chooses not to chooses to be the bigger man knowing what he's capable of doing and simply walking away from a situation that doesn't require him to do anything he can step on his ego and simply say you know what this is not worth it it is not worth you can simply when you know when you possess the skill to deal with those situations you can assess is there action that really need to be taken do i really need to do something here is my life in danger is my family life's in danger or we're just talking about a drunken idiot that thinks he can fight everybody no but you laugh but man i it's true know, back when i was still fighting i i worked as a bouncer just for just for the fun of it because i back then i was still i was a sales engineer i did not need to do this but i still chose to do it because i love the psychology of it and 
I, I used to have an alcohol problem. I used to be an alcoholic. And, you know, I've been to all the bars I went through back then. Everybody's drunk. I fought so many times in bars. And this gave me an opportunity to go in the bar where I was not drinking at all. And I could just look at people. I could just look at the drunken idiots fighting each other. And we had to separate the fights. Obviously, that's what bouncers do. But it's very interesting. Uh, it's always the drunken idiots that fight. It's always the people that have the less skills that actually feel the need to fight. All the guys that I've met over the years that are really, that are either professional fighters or long, long time martial artists that can literally cut you in half. They choose not to. They will. You get in an argument with us. We'll agree that you're better than us. Well, we'll just leave. There's nothing to prove. I have nothing to prove to you. Those, by the way, are the most dangerous individuals that, that don't have to prove anything. They already know who they are. And yep. so they, they, it's the guys that, that have to have to boast and have to try and prove who they are. They're the ones who end up on it. it fortunately, you know, I've, you've seen videos of they, they, they pick on the wrong guy. <laughs> surprise, wrong surprise. Guy. You know, Joe Rogan said that in one of his podcasts that, and Joe Rogan, we're talking about lifelong, kickboxer, lifelong uh, Brazilian jiu-jitsu, like he's a black belt in Brazilian jiu-jitsu. The guy is extremely solid at what he does. And he explains it in one of his podcasts. He's like, you know what, man, I'm scared to fight. Fighting scares me. He's like, I don't want to fight people. That I have no interest in fighting people. And you're talking about a guy that can literally crush 99.9% .9 of people out there with ease, but chooses not to. Like, I, I remember a video of uh, Matt Serra. He's an old UFC fighter. He was actually champion at 170. He's in a bar somewhere, and there's a guy that starts acting like an idiot, a drunken guy that starts attacking him for no reason. He basically brings him to the ground. He's a, he's a jiu-jitsu guy, brings him to the ground, sits on his chest. And you're talking about a world-class fighter. You're not taking him off of you. And all you see is the guy struggling to remove Matt Serra from him. And when Matt Serra's not fighting, he's probably he's a New Yorker. He's like 5'8", 200 pounds, 110 pounds. So he's a heavy guy. And he's just sitting on his chest and the guy's like, Aah! he's trying to get out of it and nothing's going on, right? And all he did is he held him in place because he was dangerous. He was drunk. He was being aggressive with people. So he put him on the ground, manipulated him until the police showed up. When the police showed up, he got up and he left. So it's like he could have done whatever he wanted with him, but he chose not to because he knew better. Now, do you attribute that to the Eastern philosophy that goes along with uh, these martial arts um, more so than than just the ability to do it them all by itself? No, not here. Like in a lot of cases, yes, because there's still a lot of spirituality. There's a lot of people that are spiritual for martial art, but. To me, it comes from a place where you understand your capabilities. You know what you're capable of doing, but it goes even further than that. When you, let's say a, a black belt in Brazilian Jiu-Jitsu takes 10 years of you training four times a week. It will take you 10 years to get one. Wow. You, it is a very long process. That means there's a lot of guys on those mats that are a lot better than you. And they will remind you every time you show up to the gym. So... You know, one of the first things that I've learned in martial arts is that your ego takes a hit. And to this day, like I, there's certain guys that I know that even when I was sparring with them, it had to be extremely polite because they were 
world champion and their mentality are completely different. If you turn the heat on them, they will knock you out cold. They will want, they like to hurt. Like there's guys out there that likes to hurt people, right? If you give them an opportunity in a, in a ring or in a cage and you push them and you look for them, you're not going to look for, you're not going to have to look very long. You'll find them. And so you need, I think it's the point that you, you're shown on a daily basis that there's people that are a lot better than you. You start to realize that you're not that good, that there's always better people than you. And when you're in a situation where you're exposed, right, where there's somebody that hurt you or somebody that has you in a submission and you can't do anything about it, you're literally like a little child being manipulated by a grown adult. You're like, oh, okay, hold on. So I know how this feels. This sucks. So you, so you don't do that to other people. I, it's just your ego gets demolished. Like for a lot of us, the ego just like you realize that you're not that good. There's always better people than you. And that tends to to keep you very honest and respectful. You know, it's interesting because uh, when I <laughs> when I was young, I was a boxer. Uh -huh. And um, when I the first time I saw mixed 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 martial arts, I was amazed at the brutality of it. What do you mean by brutality? Well, I never it be, when you you knock somebody down as an example, yeah, and then you hit them with your fist, hit them with your elbows, and all of those in order to um, knock them out or to. And I had never seen such a thing as that. That was it was a, it was I I considered it really brutal. Although yeah, although you know I got to tell you. Uh, in boxing i'm i'm now a little bit more civilized i was i was a pretty rough kid at that time but um i think that any sport that the that the you win by knocking somebody else out and damaging their brain is probably not a sport that we should be celebrating does that make sense you you know what what's interesting about what you're saying is uh do you know that for the brain boxing is worse than mma is oh i know I know. And this to, to most people in exactly to your point, they look at MMA and they, they look at a guy, pop, he gets he gets clipped, he buckle, falls down, the guy jumps on him and starts throwing elbows and start tries to finish him. That the fight's done. When the referee sees that the, the other guy's not defending himself, done. In boxing, you can unless there's a there's a rule of three knockdown in a in a single round, you can literally get knocked out in every you can get dropped in every single round, get back up. That's at least a concussion every time. And a lot of the times a concussion, you don't even realize it. Like I've I've had concussion in training where I did the the chicken dance, as we like to call it, where the knees buckle and you're like, it's it's you're not as stable as you used to be. But in boxing, it happens all the time. Like there's a lot of people that died every year, but you know what surprises people the most is football. Football is absolutely brutal when it comes to when it comes to concussion, it's one of the worst parts out there. It is. <clears throat> it really is. And and so I, I would like to see them do. Well, of course, when I play, <laughs> my kids tell me, did they have face masks when you played? And I said, yes, they had face masks, but they were all the same. Yep. And uh, and and the, the helmets were were not very uh, they they didn't offer much protection. Yeah. yeah. Uh, not, not like the air helmets that they have now and. And stuff like that, but but still, no. To, to your point, there are uh, Junior Seau is a great example of a 
a wonderful, wonderful linebacker. He played for years and years and years and was a dominant guy. Mm -hmm. uh, he had brain damage and so much so that he ended up taking his own life at one point. Um, Look at the movie Concussion. Yeah. Will Smith plays it, but it's based on a true story. And the NFL has known about this forever. And, you know, going back to fighting, what's interesting, I was just watching a video this week where the guys were talking about how back in the days in boxing, they didn't have any gloves, right? They fought bare knuckle. Do you right. know that fighting bare knuckle is better for the fighters? Yes. Like pe people think that, oh, no, they have a big padded glove. No, no, hold on, bro. You're adding a, such an amount of mass to a fist and you're protecting it from breaking or at least breaking as easily. So every single, every single time I throw that right hand or I throw that hook or I throw a job, I can put 100% power behind it. So that means that this transfer of power is given to the guy receiving it. When you're actually fighting bare knuckles, you're not going to throw 50 jab in a round. You're going to break your hand right off. Your 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 hands are not that strong compared to somebody's to somebody's head. Your head's the hardest bone on your body. I've broken my hand twice in somebody's face and I can tell you it is hard. But people don't understand that less padding is normally better the same thing with the helmets you know that it's worse again you're making the face bigger you're making it heavier and you're making it more wobbly so you're hitting somebody with a big glove on a big helmet you're causing more concussions than just if you were to fight bare knuckle it's very strange concept for most people but they used back in the days they used to always go to distance very rarely would the fights end up in knockout because it's hard to knock somebody out when you're bare knuckle it's well, very the, hard <clears throat> and the other thing is is that when you've got that this uh eight ounce or 10 ounce in some cases 16 ounce yep. glove on your hand mm -hmm. um then the when you hit somebody with it it's kind of a dull thud but it 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 knocks the brain against the side yep. of the skull a lot more than a sharp uh punch with a uh, with a jab or something bare knuckled because it's it it, it it so that's that's how when when you when you knock somebody out what you're doing is you're taking their brain and it's hitting the side of their head and or the side of their their skull and, and then that shuts them down uh, so it's it, either way it's brutal but 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 you're right boxing it, it was so sad there was a guy that was in the gym that I was training at he was heavyweight uh, limited skills but he he had a good heart and he loved to he and he loved to brawl and i saw him a couple of years after after i was done his brain was gone yeah you know he had he had punchers what do they call it punchers uh, he was drunk punched or drunk punch punched. drunk he was uh, he was drunk punch or punch drunk yeah <clears throat> and and he couldn't he couldn't work anymore and mm -hmm. it, it it was it's a sad so when we celebrate those kind of guys, it's it's kind of sad to me in a way because um, they're it's not good for their livelihood for a long time. But football, professional football, the same way, you got these guys that uh, they cannot function and in their fifties and sixties. But only that. But they start developing uh, really big brain issues, like they show in in the the movie concussion and it causes them to almost become schizophrenic like it really starts altering their brain as a, a physical thing it's physically altering their brains and the way that they work 
and it's inducing problems that they, they could have never guessed. Like before that doctor started approaching it, th th this was unheard of. And, and unfortunately, I don't know if that's changed. I don't follow football enough to know, but I know back then they did not, once you were done in the NFL, you're done. They're not following you. You're, they're not going to pay for your, for your medical expenses afterwards. Whatever happened to you when you were playing, you're not covered. Like the league was not, once you're done, you're done and you're left your own demise. And I, I don't know if it's still the case today, if they are followed up afterwards, but you are like, I would never put my, I would never put my kids in football. I wouldn't yeah. like, like we're talking about, I, you know, I, I understand you look at like, there's a lot of Mexicans in boxing that come from nothing. They have no money. Same thing with even Americans, right? Even in fighting a, as a whole, a lot of the guys that fight don't have a lot of opportunities outside of fighting. So they fight because that's what they know. That's what they're good at. And they have the mental and physical capacity to do so. But if you don't have to like, look at a guy like McGregor. I don't like the guy. I don't like his antics. I don't like, I'm not a fan of the guy, but Conor McGregor, he, he left after being knocked out maybe once or twice and he made hundreds of millions of dollars. Yeah. Like this to me is smart, 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 smart business right there. Made your money and you left. You, yep. you were, your brain is still there because there's a guy I know, I know I've met a couple of times. I have him on my Facebook. I used to watch him fight back in the days, but his name's Gary Goodman. And he used to be one of the first MMA fighters, like big black guy. He was a monster. And I met him a few years ago and he, he he's punch drunk. Like it's unfortunate to say, but he's not, he's slurring his words. Like you can tell he's not very clear and he admits to it himself. Like he will have gaps of time that he's missing. And it, it, it's unfortunate because he comes from a time that was, those guys were warriors back in the days, bare knuckle, no rules. Oh yeah, hey, those guys were monster. We're not just talking, we're not just talking boxing here. We're talking face stumps to the like foot stumps to the face when you're on your back. Like this is nuts. But yeah, he's paying the price, unfortunately, for it today. Well, you know the interesting thing, and you mentioned it about football. Yeah, Pete Carroll. I don't know. Do you know who Pete Carroll is? No, don't know the name though. He is a he's a coach of the Seattle Seahawks. Okay. And he'd been, he was in, he'd been coaching for years. He's 72 years old. He's got a young, he's young at heart, but he is 72. Yep. And they recently, well, yesterday he had a press conference because they decided that his time as coach was done and he okay. was going to be a consultant. And he said, you know, years ago, I tried to get the NFL to understand that the NFL is about the players. Hmm. We need to take care of the players yep. because they're the ones. It isn't the it isn't the guys in the box upstairs. It nope. isn't the coaches. It's the players that are out there using their bodies and their brains and their heads all the time. And we really owe it to them because apparently it's still not happening to take care of them and and for the rest of their lives. If they so it's still they, the case, huh? It's still yeah. the case. So the, yeah. so what happens now is the average NFL career because it's NFL stands for not for long. It's like four years. Yeah. Yep. And then after that, um, you, you are out because you've, you've got a, a knee that's gone or you've got a shoulder that's gone or something like that. And then they don't take care of you after that. So then the money that you made, which could be substantial, 
by the time you're done, 90% of them are broke. Which is, and another thing to, to keep in mind too, it is an extremely small percentage of guys that end up in the NFL, that end up in the NHL, that end up in the NBA, that end up in the UFC. Like those guys are a percentage of a percent of the people that actually play the sport. And they've dedicated to this level today, they've dedicated themselves to it. Like those guys, they haven't been playing for four years there. For all you know, they started, they were eight and they've always competed. Yep. Everything that they've done, they've competed. So by the time, if you imagine that four years, you're drafted in your 20, like your end of your, your teens, beginning of your 20s, like let's say 20 years drafted. That means by 24, your body's done. This is yep. what we're saying, like within four years. And that's not just for the NFL, but they were saying the same thing about the NHL, like contact sports tend to do that to people. But four years for people that have dedicated themselves to something am i do i agree that they should be making 50 million dollars every year considering they're playing a sport that's a different subject but to say that those guys are are, are literally getting they're destroying themselves for the amusement of others and they're not even the one that's profiting the best the most out of this is the, nope. the team owner the leagues like the leagues in which they play it's it's amazing to me that they're not being taken care of afterwards, that they're, the, the leagues are not for them. At least the NFL isn't, is not with them for the remainder of their lives because their lives are, are screwed, Yeah, are absolutely screwed. Now, the Players Association does do a few things, but that's the union. But yeah. And, and the, I like to tell parents this story because you're absolutely right. Such yeah. a small, small percentage of guys actually make it. Hmm? I played with a guy, he was a left-handed pitcher, and he threw, and this is back in 1975, he threw about 95 miles an hour. That's and right. in those days, that was a big deal. Yep. And he was um, the first draft choice of the first round by the San Diego Padres. First kid That's taken right. in, in, out of Good high school. For Good for him. He never made it to the major leagues. How come? Um, the story goes that he was running in the outfield, fell into a, like a gopher hole, ripped his knee up and, done. and he was done. Yeah. Knee injuries are one of the worst things you can have because they never really heal properly. And they're always soft because it's soft tissue damage, like bones. You break a, like I've broken my arm a few times. I've broken my hands. I've broken fingers, toes, feet. They normally, because of the calcium deposit, they get stronger afterwards. As weird as this sounds, yeah. if they're healed properly, if you put them back in place in time and they heal properly, but soft tissue damage like car like um, ligaments, oof! I got two bad knees. There's nothing I can do about it. Like they're always hurting. There's nothing I can do about it. I've had surgery done on one of them. The second, I'm just like not gonna do it. But uh, every time I work out, I feel them. Every time I hit the bag, I feel them afterwards. It's Soft tissue just, damage is a is really a pain, and there'll be a time in place down the road, may, hopefully many years from now, yep. when you you'll consider knee replacement because uh, the cartilage is gone and it's bone on bone, and there's nothing you can do about it. But my I right wanted, elbow, like look at this, like see uh, oh, that? Man. No, but that's as straight as I can make it. Yeah, <laughs> like you see straight. <laughs> so i broke i literally see that's the scar right there in the, on the tattoo there yeah like hold on right there so i literally i'm lifting weights my elbow snapped and it's years of years of pounding of pounding of pounding 
turns out that I am bone on bone, like the, the cartilage is gone. And that's, man, that's six years ago. And so it's nothing much that they can do about it, right? It's it, it's just, it goes with the sport, unfortunately. Martial arts can be brutal on the on the body, but there's nothing I can do about it. Now it doesn't even open properly. <laughs> and, and, the, and the problem is when you were a kid and before that happened, you were pretty much invincible until that happened. <laughs> You know what the worst part is? Is that for at least three, four months, I trained with a broken with a broken elbow. Oh, I I I used to um, back then. I was dating a doctor, and I came home and I'm like, man, I was at the gym and I heard a click in my elbow, and my elbow collapsed. Right, like I, I was doing dumbbell press, and I'm like, is it possible that I snapped my elbow? She's like, yeah, not not training that. Like no way. So I just went on and I strapped it. You know the what the power lifters put on their on their uh, knees yeah i started wrapping my elbow every time i went to the gym and one day i woke up i was swollen from the the wrist all the way to the shoulder oh, like geez. there was like an uh, accumulation of liquid and i went to the hospital and turns out that i had a do you know what a bone spur is oh sure so a bone a piece of my bone broke and it healed wrong so it healed pointing out and it was causing an irritation to my arm and my arm just swelled up. So my elbow was already screwed. Like, so it's months and months of the elbow not healing properly. And I was still hitting the gym five times a week. I was doing martial arts four or five times a week on top of that. So I never really stopped. I just, but now that's why my arm doesn't open properly. <laughs> well, and, and you know, Nico, the point I wanted to make about my my friend who was the first round draft choice and never made it to the majors he had we would go to the to the um stadium for a game that he pitched and there would be scouts from notre dame and usc mm, that's awesome and university of washington and all these all and he decided to go pro out of high school rather than take advantage of the free education and stuff because thinking that he was going to have a long career in, in the major leagues. And a lot of people, a lot of parents will push their kids that way rather than say, use sports <clears throat> as you can to yep. get the education you need to take care of you for the rest of your life. Do you agree with that? Couldn't agree more. I could not agree more. Like even I, I, I think we spoke about this last time, but I'm a big fan of coach, the coach Carter movie. And yes, you know that that's what he does like the role that samuel l jackson which is a real coach in real life but the role that my uh, samuel l jackson is playing and that, that's what he's explaining to his guys is like chances are if you're making it to the nba and even playing in college are small but if i did my job well by the end of the year all you guys are going to be able to go to college and this is what's amazing because that's an education that you can have for the rest of your life you can some of the guys go like if you're lucky enough like your friend you're talking about if you're lucky enough that you have a skill that you've developed, you've dedicated yourself to, and it can buy you into a university. Take advantage of it. Don't don't go pro right away. Like that's why even in the NBA right now, they're not allowed. I think um a guy like LeBron James was one of the last ones that was drafted right out of high school. Cause now, if I'm not mistaken, unless that changed, they don't draft, they cannot draft out of high school anymore. They need to draft out of college or university. You need to be a certain age in order to be drafted, and not only that, but if I'm not if not mistaken, the NBA has uh, people that they will introduce to the new players on how to manage their money. Because as you said, 
if the average life, if the average span of a career in high-end sports is four years, that means you can't start buying, spending all your money, expecting to have another year. Because for all you know, you're going to get injured. Your contract is done. It's not going to get renewed and you're screwed after two years. That's, that's all you know, right? So they started implementing years ago uh, programs where they would teach the, the young players how to invest their money. Which, which to me is absolutely brilliant because, you know, I used to, when I was in uh, Toronto, um, Toronto, Canada, I met this guy. He was part of uh, my ex's martial arts school and he was an old NF, uh, N, uh, NHL player. And he only played like four years, like the regular season. I don't remember exactly the story why he stopped, but his wife was extremely business savvy. Like her father owned a small trucking company, but he's made... A couple millions playing for four years. He never spent it. He gave it to his wife. His wife injected it in the money in, in the business of her father. And last time I, I spoke, I saw them. They had fifty or sixty trucks on this on the road. So th this this is what's brilliant about sports. If you consider that you have a four year term, let's say that you assume right away that you're not going to make it past four years, make as much money as you can for that four years and invest it all. Just take that money, invest it, treat it like it's um, almost a bank loan, like somebody's giving you an influx of money and learn how to invest it. If you don't know how, surround yourself with smart people and have them invest it for you. But this is, you know, it's incredible because to, to make it to that level, it's not like 40 years ago where you could be a baseball player and still have a real job. Like you look, maybe not four years, but like 60 years ago, those guys still had a real job, right? It was like yeah. almost a hobby for them to play to play hockey yep. for example but today you're talking about the best of the best on the planet like you're talking about genetic freaks that are extremely disciplined on top of it so you're talking the cream of the crop so for you to be one of those you have worked your life off to get to that point you're not just getting there because you're good you're getting there because you're great right and yeah man you have to be smart and understand that four years is not a long time. Well, and, and the, then the other problem is, is that I, I don't know. Do you ever watch the NBA or the uh, NFL draft? Sure. Yeah. Uh, when, when the guys get drafted in the first round and they've got these 20 or 30 people around them and everybody's jumping up and down and cheering because yeah. he got drafted in the top five, yep. which means he's going to make $2 million his first year. I, I keep thinking to myself, how many of those people are saying, look at this. He's made all this money. We've made money. How can I, yeah, we've made the money. How can I get into his pockets? Mike Tyson. Read the story of Mike Tyson. He's the perfect, perfect example of this. At his height, I think Mike Tyson made 300 million. It's something along the lines of two to 300 million back in the 90s, beginning of the 80s. Like that guy was big at the end of the 80s, 90s, and beginning of the 2000s. Yep. He lost everything because of the bad investment, bad spending, too many people around him. It's exactly what you're talking about, right? It's those people, like when you have an entourage in French, but entourage in English, yes. when you have a bunch of people around you, who do you think is supporting you? They're all, it's the athlete that's supporting all those people, right? It's There's vipers yeah. everywhere. There's snakes everywhere. We, You know, I had somebody on my podcast earlier, and that's what he was talking about, how you really have to choose well the people that are around you. You do. Because always keep in mind that try to have the people that are around you that are there when you're suffering. 
not just there when your hard work pays off, but when you're making it, when you haven't made it yet, when you're, when you're on your way to make it, who were the people that were there? It might be the people that are good for you. Who knows? But pay attention to that, right? Well, it's like, the, it's like uh, your friend that was willing to get up at four o'clock in the morning and train with you. Uh, when you were a junior in high school or a senior and and was willing to work with you and he stayed with you the whole time, you made nothing. That guy's going to probably is going to be able to take better care of you uh, when you make it big and keep his head about him, I would hope. But you never know. And that's why you need good financial advisors and also behavioral advisors. There is, I had no idea that there's so many strip clubs in this country, but apparently there are. <laughs> I guess that's true. And a lot of these young guys, they, they've got hundred dollar bills hanging out of their pockets and just waiting to give it to some stripper somewhere. It's, um, it is definitely, definitely an issue. It's not something that's being taught in school, right? No, no. It, it, it's not something that that the school will teach you. Most parents don't teach that to their kids either because they don't understand it themselves. So how could they teach it? But it is, man, I wish somebody would have taught me when I was younger. Well, you know, you said it the last time we were together perfectly well. And that is if you don't have a good, strong man as a role model, yep. you're going to pick one. And, and when you're 15 years old, you're yep. probably not going to pick the right guy. Nope. No, because you don't know any better. I know I didn't. So you're absolutely right. It's, it, man, it's amazing how having just one right person around you can, can be a game changer. Just one. That's yeah. why, again, I'm such a fan of martial arts. I'm such a fan of the coaching. I'm such a fan of, uh, high level or competitive like com having the not only for the mental but really for the people that are around you like in competitive sports is such a game changer too indeed uh you know i i, I have really enjoyed talking with you you you're you're a smart guy and you you've got your head on your shoulders and if somebody wants to talk to you about your books and what you're doing how do they get a hold of you nicolagan.com all of my stuff is on there Yes, indeed. And uh, the Personal Legend Initiative. What yes, is sir. Um, this is a program I've designed for men that are looking for purpose. Men that are, we call them middle-aged men. Men that are living their midlife crisis, as we, as we so put it. We've made a bit of a mockery of what it's become, but... Helping men, you know, good men, guys that's taking care of their families, that have that had a good career, that were selfless, that took care of the people around them. And now they're to a point that they're realizing that there's probably less time left than you've spent already. Like I like to say that you're on the back nine. You're coming back to the clubhouse <laughs> and you're you're starting to realize that, you know, as a man, you're supposed to serve others. You're supposed to take care of the people around you. You're supposed to protect your family, take care of them. And now they're to a point where their children are older. They don't need to be involved as much as in they're not as dependent on them. And, you know, it's incredible when you have purpose and your purpose is to take care of your family. When you start being, when you start feeling that you're less and less needed, 
you kind of start losing a bit of your purpose and you start realizing, okay, maybe it's time for me to do something else. Maybe my, my time would be better spent doing something else. I'm wiser. I'm smarter. I've learned quite a few things in my life. I have a lot of transferable skills that I've learned over a career that I could be doing something else. And the program is really designed to find what your purpose is, what, why God puts you on this planet. What's your reason for being here? And to pursue it, to go after it, to have the courage to say, you know what, I'll stop doing what I'm doing right now and I'm going to reinvent myself into something completely different where I'm going to be serving others, but in a different way. I just I just love that because in, in the interviews that I do and as many people as I've interviewed, it's almost a universal concept that at one point in everybody's life, yep. they say, why am I here mm-hmm. and what am I here to do? And some people act on it. Some people don't. Um, the people who don't should. And the people who act on it need guidance. It's accountability, right? Having a coach that's there to just be accountable, to tell you, you know what, bro, this is this is where you're at. You can do better. You know, at the end of the day, that's what it comes down to. You have a purpose. You know what it is. Like most people, if you ask them the right question, they know exactly what they want to be doing, what they should be doing. It's just a matter of being pushed into that direction and having somebody there to keep you accountable. To to me, there's no difference than having a coach, like a a personal trainer at the gym. If you don't know what you're doing or you, you know deep down that you're the type of person that needs to be pushed, that you can't do it alone, no problem. There's a lot of people out there that will keep you accountable. Could be a dietitian, could be a personal trainer, could be a purpose coach like me could just be somebody you need to talk to somebody that's going to be around to just, you know, on the days you're not doing well, simple phone call and say, Hey bro, I'm not feeling it today. No problem. Like I'll keep you accountable. This is, this is the magic of it. And what I find amazing is that a lot of people out there are so based on ego to say, Oh, I can do it by myself. Yet the richest man on the planet called Elon Musk will admit to himself that he has multiple coaches. So the smartest, one of the smartest guy living right now and the richest man on the planet has people use like making recommendations to him. People that are there to say, eh, let's try this, let's try that. Like he looks for other people's opinion and that's why he's so smart. Not because he knows everything, because he's ready to surround himself by people that want him, that one is good. That's going to be there to help him better himself. And it, it, it's always, it always amazes me how regular people just your average person will not work with a coach because they think that they're better than that. But yet the smartest people I've ever met in my life all have coaches. They all have, maybe they don't right now, but for the most part of their lives, they've had people help them develop who they are. And every single time they're going to try a new venture, they're trying to developing a new part of themselves instead of doing it all by themselves, they're going to find who's the best person that they can find that can help them fast track it. Because, you know, you, you can do it all up by yourself if you want. You can you can spend 10 years doing something that could have taken you two with a coach that knew what they were doing. So the, this this is up to you, right? How much time do you want to spend? My time is the most valuable thing I own. So I'd rather invest money in people that can help me, teach me what I need to know in order to develop a certain a certain skill develop a new idea develop something that i don't know how to do right now why not just spend the money instead of spending the time you know i have a a, a friend of mine that is a financial advisor mm-hmm. he, he he 
only works with two million plus properties and okay. he makes high six figures at least as near as i could figure sure he's got a financial coach of course and i asked him why you're you're like a financial god to all these people why do you have a financial coach and he says because i can't see everything nope. and my ego gets in the way 100%. and so i need i need somebody to to really give me clear and precise advice not based upon ego but based upon reality and it's interesting how the people that are great that excel at what they do understand this because i i'd be ready to argue that the reason why they excel is because they've accepted that mm -hmm. they've accepted the fact that they need others to develop themselves because it's just smarter it's just smart business it is just smart to surround yourself with people that know more than you do in certain aspects that's the type of person that should be around you like i got a buddy of mine that He's the age my father would be. He's in his he's mid 60s. I'm early 40s. And we've met on a diving trip years ago. And he's the age my father would be. And yet we're we have a weird relationship. He's a friend slash mentor slash advisor slash father slash buddy. It's a very strange relationship that I have with him, but he is the one to call my bull. He is the one that's gonna tell me, hey bro, why are you doing this? What, what are you doing? Like, use your head here. This ain't working. Like, what are you doing? And most people don't want that. Most people don't want somebody that's going to be calling your, your bad things, that's going to be calling you out on the things that you're doing wrong. Yet, I value his opinion most more than anything else in the world. Like, this is how much I respect his opinion. There's not a lot of people that I will listen to with, 100% attention to say, you know what, he's saying this, that means it means something. I need to figure this out. I need to figure out if he's right or not. But this should be cherished. This, These are the type of relationship that people should look for. You should always have people that are ready to help you, that are ready to call. You know, most people have uh, yes men around them. Yes. People That's... that are just like, yeah, you can do it. Don't be yourself and you'll succeed. Eh, wrong wrong you're being told by somebody to stay themselves to succeed that's never succeeded at anything why are you listening to that person because they're telling you you're awesome you're special and you're great <laughs> yeah okay there buddy like this is not how you grow growing sucks growing <laughs> is through mistakes growing through a man grows by trials and tribulations you make mistakes you find people that can help you fast track what you're trying to accomplish and you know what you you pay people to keep you accountable to give you information that you wouldn't have found by yourself or it would have taken you time and they keep you on track. Yep. Yep. Well, <clears throat> you know, the thing is you can look in the mirror and you're not really seeing what you really look like. No, no, you're seeing the good parts of you. Yeah. And, and everything is in reverse anyway. That's, that's why you never get to see your ass in real time because that's, you know, if you're looking in the mirror, that's not how it actually looks to other people. <laughs> nope. Nope. <laughs> uh, but again, it's it's very. I, I find this whole thing very amazing that really experienced and established people, successful people, will hire others to help them, but the average person will not. They think it's uh, expensive, or it's it. They, I don't know why. Honestly, I have a coach. 
Uh, I'm sure you have a coach. Mm -hmm. Um, And and they are, the cool thing about, and I'll speak about my coach, the cool thing about that is she doesn't have an agenda. Her agenda is to present me with ideas that I haven't thought of myself. Mm -hmm. Yep. That's exactly what it is. Yeah. Or she'll tell me something that I don't want to hear that the people that I have working for me aren't going to tell me. And this to me is the accountability portion is really the, the part where she is, you know, I, I know I'm not supposed to swear, so I'm not going to say it, but I am the, uh, you need in your life. I'm that guy that's going to call your bull. That's going to tell you what you're doing and asking you the hard questions. All my content is our hard questions. And that's what I do in real life. And that's what I like in people. And that sounds to me that that's what she is to you, that she will, why are you doing that? I've, one, have you ever thought about doing this? No, why not? Exactly. And we had that conversation. Of course, you have. This is one of the simplest conversations to have, but it is all about new ideas, accountability, and asking the hard questions. Being the person, because uh, again, as you said, people that work for you are yes men. They're not there. They're not there to insult the boss. So you need to have somebody that's a third party that's outside of your direct sphere, if you will, and that does not necessarily have anything to gain directly from that advice outside of making you a better person or offering you a perspective that you've never had before. Yep, they have no agenda. They have no no reason in, in, except for they made a commitment. Made yep. a commitment to make you the best that you can be, mm-hmm. and they don't. And they don't. She doesn't sugarcoat it. She's like, I know yep. you probably don't want to hear this, but. Yep, I agree with you a thousand percent. And this is th- these are the type of people you want to have around you. And That's it's an investment, right? And it's an investment. Yeah, a lot of people see it as expensive. Sure, it can be, but that's an investment. This is one of the smartest investment you can do invest in knowledge, invest in developing yourself, invest in learning and invest in having great people around you. That will be those guides that we should all have. And you will be great when you embrace that. And we all, you know, I coaching, it was, well, gosh, you said only been around like 20 years or when it started to really get into the mainstream and, but it's vital. If you want to be the best that you can be, uh, go get so whatever it is. If it's a media coach, if it's a strength coach, if it's a personal coach, if it's a mind and body coach, what, whatever it is, yep. so that you can identify how you can be great. You're already great, but you don't act like it sometimes. The greatest thing about a coach is they will see something in you that you do not see yourself. Yes. That's a great coach for you. Yep. Because in the, you can't you look in the mirror and you're not going to see it. You need to have somebody give it a, per, a fresh perspective from the outside looking in. Like, why do Greece. you say, it's like, <laughs> kind of like she said to me, why do you put up with that? <laughs> I don't What do you mean? You know what I mean. <laughs> you just don't want to admit it to yourself. Mm-hmm. You know, yep. and it's, so it's it's like, oh, uh, well, yeah, I know. I excuses, know. excuses, excuses afterwards. I, huh? I got a million of them, you know. Yep, most people do. Most <laughs> people do. 
<laughs> so I I highly suggest I I think the world of you, Nico, and I highly suggest that you uh, go to uh, Nico Lagan. That is L A G A N dot com. If you want to be the best you can be, this guy's not going to let you be anything less. Agreed. But. <laughs> but that's a two-edged sword because at one time you're not going to let them be and so they're going to have to work their ass off as well but that's that's the only people i work i don't waste my time with people that won't do the work this is one thing I, my time's too valuable and if i invest because as much as people invest in getting coaching the coaching a good coach is not going to waste his time with somebody just for an exchange of money either right I, I want to, I get pleasure out of seeing people succeed. And if you're not ready to succeed, you just want to pay somebody that's going to brush your ego. I'm not your guy. I'm not going to take your money to make you feel better. And I know, I know some really good coaches that have said to a client, you know, I've given you my, the advice and I've told you what I expect and you haven't followed through. So I'm going to fire you. hundred mm percent. -hmm. I've done that before, so I know. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Because it's, it's a waste of your time. And and now maybe that will be the wake-up call that they need to say, oh, all right, I'll do it, and maybe. Chances are no, but maybe. Maybe you have to be hopeful, maybe. Or if not now, maybe next year 100%. or the year after. That's possible. Yep, that is possible. When, when they – because there's a there's they root around and they don't get anything done and they find themselves in the same place next year as they were last year and they then they finally get to the point where they say uh, all right already i'll get a coach so it's true thank you so much nico for being here i really appreciate talking to you and you're, you're an awesome you're an awesome man i've enjoyed this conversation a great deal and is there anything you'd like to add before we go no, thanks again for having me on. It's a, it's a pleasure to speak to you. And yeah, thank you, man. It's, it's great. We'll do this again. Anytime. If you, if you want a, uh, um, an, an old fat white guy on your show, I'll be happy to come do, do your show as well. Sounds good to me, brother. So you take care of yourself. All right. You too. Bye. Okay. Wait right there. I'll be right back. Hey, thanks yep. for enjoying this episode all the way to the end. Please give us a like and subscribe to this channel. This has been a production of PositiveTalkRadio.net. Please visit our website, oddly named PositiveTalkRadio.net, for more details about us and our mission, which is to provide great positive programming designed to inspire us all. I'm Kevin McDonald, and I'm proud of these shows, and I truly hope that you'll like them and share them with friends and family. So on behalf of our entire team, Remember, be kind to one another because each other's all we got.